Why are you not a senior innovation engineer? Welcome to the Innovation Engineer Podcast, your favorite place for picking brains of your favorite engineers. So grab your nerdiest mug and fill it with your beverage of choice and enjoy. My name is Tarek. And, and my name is Vashi. <laughs> and today we are talking about senior engineers. So Vashi, uh, actually this, this idea came from you. So maybe uh, you want to um, jump in and present your topic. Yes, totally. Well, actually I have a question for you, Tarek. You're an innovation engineer, but why are you not an senior innovation engineer? Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> it's a very, very nice question. Um, first of all, uh, the company that I work in, uh, we don't have senior <laughs> innovation engineers. So when I started, um, I was the only innovation engineer because this role did not exist. And the question was, um, how, how do you want to name yourself? Uh, and I came up with innovation engineer because this is kind of the thing that I'm doing. Um, software engineering specialized in uh, innovation. Um, and so it never occurred um, that we could or should or would um, introduce this kind of ranking. And so it, it simply did not exist. Um, if we talk about the qualities of a senior engineer or a principal engineer or something like that, um, this is something something else. But um, this is actually a very, very interesting aspect of this question. Um, so is it actually necessary to have this kind of title? So how, how do you name yourself, Vashi? Well, I just named myself Principal Engineer, but it was actually a title given to me because uh, I actually also don't care about titles, but I know a lot of people for whom it's mm. important. And let me tell you a really small story. So I started um, being a software engineer in 2010 and I became a senior software engineer for the first time in 2013. And do you know the reason why I became senior engineer? I have no idea. It was very simple because I worked in that company for three years. That's all the reason there was. So first of all, it's like kind of their career path. Yeah, back in the time you first became senior engineer, then kind of software architect, senior software architect. Those were the titles. And later on, you would normally be required to be a manager if you wanted to make more money. So like it was really kept actually, this being an engineer. And uh, they made me a senior engineer because uh, it looked better if we tried to get a new project. If you have a senior engineer and like three years, oh, that's enough experience, be a senior engineer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I believe it's quite typical that a company, especially if you are working in some kind of agency and they uh, can charge more for seniors, that they have a uh, motivation to make you a senior as, as soon as possible without actually having a look at your skill level or uh, other aspects, simply uh, being three years in the company it's enough that's senior yeah and you know when you get older and uh, again nearing your 40s or a little bit over <laughs> it again not disclosing our age you meet a lot of like younger engineers some of them like one i worked recently with um he's super smart so like really really smart he picks up topics uh, like over a weekend and now he's like a terraform expert or whatever after like two days um, he expect actually to be a senior engineer after like uh, three years working and then like nearing uh, or like becoming a principal, whatever you want to call it, a staff engineer nowadays after five years. So and then I'm thinking, okay, first of all, it's not about technical skills. Uh, and secondly, what do you expect uh, when you start working and become after five years or like reach the end of the ladder? What do you expect for the rest of your career? What what are you going to do? Do change tracks do we become a manager obviously not and that's actually the point why i want to talk about it because um 
I think for me personally, it's not important, but I know a lot of companies for whom it's important. And this year I started to work for an American company and I realized, okay, they are like on a totally different level and totally different. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally understand. And um, especially if you are comparing yourself on the, on the market, on the working market, and um, you, you need some kind of classification to uh, p position yourself on this market, then of course this kind of labeling makes sense. And uh, I know people um, who are in the process of leaving their company and they say, hey, by the way, I need, uh, I need a promotion because uh, only then they can, uh, they can uh, talk to their future manager about a higher uh, salary, right? Because they say, okay, now, no, I'm not a senior anymore. Now I'm a principal. And so this means I need 15% more of a salary, right? Yeah, totally. And again, in the US, this is about job security. It's not like in, in like in Europe or like especially in Germany, where we are both located, uh, where you can't be fired or like that's like you would need at least like four months firing uh, to even find a new job. And yeah. being fired is nearly impossible. And that's true for like most European countries, actually. In the US, it's different. First of all, If you don't like what your boss is doing, you will leave the next day, but it's also the other way around. Right. So like with, with, with a title comes kind of job security because everybody wants a principal engineer or like a super duper senior engineer. Right, right. But on the other hand, um, uh, of course, if you are a professional in, in the IT business, you know that seniority does not necessarily come with time. There are people who are 20 years in the business and they really, really deliver crappy work. And so um, it, it's really dangerous to put something like this rank of a senior engineer on uh, the, the time that you spend on your keyboard um, because it did not necessarily, it does not necessarily mean that you are better at, at your work. And so uh, with uh, most of these things, this is just um, like a, like a empty label. And uh, you always have to take a look uh, behind the curtains to see uh, what the actual qualities of, of these people are. Yeah, and uh, one one story from from uh, my time when I was uh, recruiting people um, was also that whenever I talked to a, a headhunter, for example, and he asked me, um, "What kind of developers do you like, or who, who you are searching for?" And usually I say something like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I need uh, social intelligence and people with good communication skills and intrinsic motivations because this is actually what I believe makes a good engineer." And uh, usually they say, yeah, yeah, that, uh, I don't care, I don't care. But uh, do, you, do you need Java developers? Do you need C developers? Uh, give me something like Python. I have five great Python guys, right? Um, and usually th those hard skills, of course, they are nice to have. But from my point of view, the number of programming languages that you're speaking or that you're um, proficient at, it's again not necessarily a good metric for uh, being a high-level senior engineer. Yeah, but usually this is very hard to put into your uh, Excel sheet. And that's why, uh, especially recruiters, they don't want to hear about that. They just want to have like five stars in Java and three stars in, in JavaScript. And this is like uh, the profile that we are trying to match. Yeah, um, totally agree with you here. And I also would say it's not only the recruiters. Obviously, these things are really hard to judge for a recruiter who just wants to like make his provision. It's also like with the younger engineers. So again, they are like, oh, I'm so good. Make me senior whatsoever. And then I'm telling them, okay, um, seniority is something different. You know, uh, it's with, with craftsmanship. Like you're your woodworker. You would not call any of them senior if he's not teaching others how they're 
um, craft actually works. And that's what, what's an important part for me for, from being sen senior, like a senior engineer. You are not just a good engineer. Then you are an intermediate engineer or generally speaking, a good engineer. But seniority comes from you are actually skill to teach others to communicate and i think that's what's the difference between a good engineer intermediate and a senior engineer communication skills and also like obviously social skills it's it's in the same bucket for me because you need to communicate to management um, ideas uh, and other things and the other important aspect is actually understanding business so i'm a big fan of domain driven design and one of the like basic ideas is that working software is only a byproduct to achieving business goals. And that's the thing most young engineers don't want to hear. They want technical excellence. Oh, we need to refactor this. We need to use framework XYZ. It's 5% faster. Okay, but there's no business value in there. And that's like a thing you um, you need as a senior engineer, understanding what is a business requirement. And that like, I, I mean, I love developing stuff. In my free time, I'm building just stupid things out of fun. Um, but when I work, obviously, seniority means I understand that what I do uh, has no value in itself. But the value comes uh, from my skills creating business value and opportunities. Yeah. And the other aspect is I can communicate my ideas. It's not like um, um, I would, uh, intermediate engineer saying, yeah, we need to move to uh, GCP and dockerize everything because it's the thing you do. Because then business will say, okay, you want like two years worth of engineering power to, to do what again and why? Yeah, yeah. No, I totally love this, uh, especially because this opens up the question of what are you actually doing in your job? And um, the, the, the answer of most developers that I know is, yeah, I'm developing software and I'm building stuff. But that's not really true. Usually you are creating a product and you have something where you're, where you're trying to earn money with and not like you and your salary, but the company that you're working for. And so usually you're not a software developer, you're a product developer and you are successful if your product is successful. And this is one thing that, that so many developers do not understand that there's a direct dependency. And uh, whenever they say to their client or to their boss, no, I do not want to do this because I want to use a different language or no, the scrum process says you are not allowed to talk to me because I have to follow the process process because this is what I do as a software developer, right? Um, it, it does not work this way. And this is exactly the behavior that shows that you are you might not be mature enough or that you do not have this experience of actually understanding the business and what you're doing and what you're working towards. Yes, totally agree. So, um, which reminds me, you also wear a CTO in your past. So yeah. <laughs> this is also kind of an important title. So for younger people I met, it's either I want to be senior, I want to be back in the day software uh, architect, which is a term not used anymore. It's Nowadays it's staff engineer or like principal engineer, which is kind of the modern take for me on, on a software architect with a different twist. Uh, and later, obviously, be CTO. That's the goal. I think um, I love the Netflix culture code because they say we are like a professional sports team and everyone wants to play in on the first line, be uh, on the, the starting bracket, whatever. So that's uh, a goal of each professional uh, sports player. It should be the same for software engineers. So obviously each young engineer should aim to be a senior or should aim to, to be a CTO. It's just a question why. Sometimes it's just, I want this fancy title. And it makes more sense in the US with job security and other things because then you are more valuable. It's for your CV. But um, in the end, uh, the question is, when you become CTO, like for example, you did um, next step after senior, does titles actually lose their value? Maybe it actually is this way. Um, and I understand uh, because 
when I was a junior developer, I had exactly the same thoughts. You identify yourself with the title that you are wearing. And uh, if you have a business card and on the business card you have like the senior engineer or CTO printed, then you feel good because um, you wear it like a badge. This is something that I work towards and I earned this title. And when you are on a conference uh, or something, you present your card and th this is you. Um, and maybe it actually is this way that after um, I worked for a while in this role and I learned that this does not really mean anything but it's simply a label for some something that you might not even want to be because you want to develop software and you do not want to like manage people or manage stakeholders or something like that um, that it loses the the value or the um, this this drive towards this empty title Yeah, and um, maybe this was actually the time when I was reflecting on what I want to do. And um, the thing that I'm doing right now, completely without titles, is is uh, way more fun than being a senior C-level manager. Yeah, I, I can't talk, I can't speak for every uh, C-level manager. Uh, but for me, I had a lot of um, things that I had to do without wanting them to do because I had to fill out things for taxes and inquiries and due diligence and uh, I had to hire a lot of people and uh, steer contractors and, and that stuff. And this is not why I become, became a software engineer. Um, and if I take a look at what I'm doing right now, building prototypes and evaluate technologies, um, this is so much fun and it did not require a senior principal expert development title on a C-level or something like that, vice president of amazing product development stuff. I, I don't need that. Yeah. But uh, of course, um, <laughs> you probably are only able to say this after you tried it or after you touched it. Yeah, And then, then you know, okay, I, I was there, I did not like it, and now I can, I can uh, go forward. <laughs> But this is a very fair point. So like uh, trying stuff, like trying management and realizing this is not for me. So for me, you said uh, due diligence and like HR recruiting people. Um, I also realized this is more like a hobby of me. So I like it. I like reading about it, but it should not be my full-time job. It's, it's, so your, hobby? Understand. it's your hobby to hire people? <laughs> yes, it's, I always tell people like HR is my hobby. So <laughs> I like to do it sometimes when I, but I don't want to do it like full-time, you know. Yes, sure. I really love talking to new people, uh, meeting new developers, thinking about strategies, uh, how they, I, how my company actually could attract them. Uh, yeah. One point I want to add is actually often it's about money. So uh, when you like go from like normal engineer to senior to staff, whatever, it's actually about money. And obviously we all want more for the time we invest to get out more money. I love fancy stuff like new gear, new, new camera, new microphone, your laptop and all other fancy things we engineers love. So um, being a senior in most companies I worked for was also coupled to being uh, or like getting more money. And that was a, the actually step. And uh, back in the days, it was if you wanted makes the most money, you needed to be a manager. And I'm so glad that this times are over and there's this American model of like an individual contributor who gets as much money and has a parallel track to the management track that both tracks are actually worth the same, uh, also now comes to Europe because that's the thing I really hated. So one reason uh, why I became a manager is also because I wanted to make more money, obviously. And I had a really great leader. Art, you were still like Kind of a mentor for me. Uh, greetings from here, if you hear, <laughs> ever hear this podcast. So I'm sure he, he will. 
I hope he will. He taught me so much, especially in 2015. So that was also when um, I um, moved down from being a senior engineer and joined another company and just became a software engineer because everybody was a software engineer. So that was also like an experience I had in 2015, being kind of promoted, but getting more money. And that's the reason why it was fine. I made like 20% more money by joining jobs just with a worse title. But we had other people also, we were like 30, 40 engineers uh, who often ask, um, yeah, I want a promotion. And then Art asked, is it about the promotion or is it like about money or your tasks? And it was never about title or promotion. It was always like, actually, it's about money. So I would say 95% of the people asking about a promotion were actually asking about, I want more money. And so everybody stayed software engineer and nobody got promoted. And there were only like some specific cases where they did not like the task they worked on. So obviously you can change teams or come up with, oh, maybe you can do my prototypes, for example, right? Yeah, right, right. Um, and, and this is uh, actually a very interesting example. Um, if people have choice, and I also know this example um, where someone actually asks for money and uh, the manager says, yeah, no, we don't have enough budget uh, to raise your money, but I can give you a title. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, yeah, I, I take the title, even though um, uh, <laughs> it's, it's about the money. And then you get like forced to a promotion so that you can get something uh, out of your um, review meeting, um, but uh, there's no budget for it. Or the other way around, you get promoted because uh, your manager needs you to Uh, actually do more work yeah and there's no more money involved and then it's it's actually a very bad deal you get um the entitlement to do more work or better work um and you are forced to this because um as a senior developer of course uh, you're not allowed to do any uh, make any mistakes anymore and now you have at the side to train five junior developers and you have to uh, go to a conference and uh, do sales pitches for our company yeah but do you get more money no <laughs> Yeah. then technically you should just say, no, nah, maybe I, I want to stay at my old position <laughs> if I get the same amount of money. I know at least one person who would disagree with you. Really? So, uh, yes, yes. Um, so uh, he's like, okay, if you join a new company, um, you get a package, like a total compensation package. And title can be one of the things you get because as we already talked about, if you are at least once like a principal engineer, you will be most likely hired again as a principal engineer and get more money. So this is, even if you don't get in the current job more, maybe in the next one. So because it makes your CV more attractive. I would even go so far to say that specific titles are like blue blood. You become a royal. So if you were once a manager or like even a CTO, uh, you're entitled to like multiple kind of jobs. So this was... Um, Back in the days, uh, I also like aim for a big career in tech. So uh, I, nowadays I would not be able to tell you what is a big career in tech, but then I wanted to be a team lead uh, and applied for different team lead positions. And they said, yeah, you don't have experience and stuff and so on. Um, but this is mainly because um, I did not have a kind of a title. Um, later on, when I had a fancy title, I will not disclose which one, um, but my experience was not really different. I was the same person. I did not manage any team. I actually did the same work before, just had a fancy title and applied again. And it was, oh, it's only team lead. You can be engineering manager for three teams. And this is okay. Just like a fancy title changed how other companies saw me and completely changed the, the options I had for my next job. So yes, and that's a thing like uh, the guy told me, um, Even you can negotiate for a fancy title and think of it as an investment in the future because later on you will 
make more money because you had a fancy title, even if you don't get more money now. It's true. Um, and uh, basically what you're describing is something like a decoration. Yeah, You decorate yourself with like a new hat or a new shirt or a new title. And this makes you more attractive, even though it does not necessarily change um, who you are as a developer or what your skills actually bring. And so this can also be um, dangerous because you might have this fancy title and people imagine what it means because if you, in the past, you were a principal engineer, then I assume that you are proficient in training junior developers, right? Because I believe this should be the case. But maybe in the past you simply got this uh, this title and you never worked with junior developers in your life because... I don't know, the, your previous em employer simply needed someone to be a principal engineer so that uh, he can sell you, right? Um, and, and so um, in the long run, um, I, I think it can also be quite dangerous um, to rely too much on this kind of decoration. And I believe that, uh, especially with the next generation, the Generation Z, I, I observe very often that things that, that titles, they lose their magic because people more and more often say okay i i prefer something like a four-day work week um instead of the promotion yeah and i i actually do not want to have more money i want to have more flexibility and the ability to work from home for example so the values also shift a little bit and it, it might happen that um this this whole game that we are playing with decorating ourselves with with meaningful or non-meaningful titles might change in, in the future. Yeah. Um, about uh, Gen whatever it actually is, <laughs> that X, Y, I don't know, uh, zero, I still don't know. I heard you are like a TikTok star in secret, <laughs> just mentioning it. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Visit yeah. me at Fun With Facts on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, this is also an experiment, yeah. It, it's not <laughs> it's, it's not like uh, I'm, I'm getting old and now I have to prove that I'm still young by uh, doing dances on TikTok. Um, no, but it's, it's a new way of consuming media. And uh, even though uh, YouTube is still around and was around for a long time, TikTok is now the, the platform where a lot of things are happening. And um, I, I believe that... Um, we need to have a look at what this generational change of uh, media consumption and culture on the workplace brings with it. And um, I, I'm, I'm totally um, interested in, in the way we all change our behavior. And now, okay, the, the pandemic that we are living in has nothing to do with generational change. But um, these things that people were laughing about in the past, like working from home full time um, or actually having flexible working hours and uh, doing some work on the weekend and uh, at the same time um, skipping some working hours uh, during the week. It, it sounded so crazy in the past and today we all proved that it actually works. And I myself, I prefer working this way um, and I believe that um, there will be more changes coming. And um, I, I'm working now for almost five years as an innovation engineer without any rank in it. And I did not miss it for a day. And so I completely understand if someone says, I do not need this kind of decoration in my job title um, because it, it does not mean anything. And we all hope, or people <laughs> who share this opinion hope that uh, there will not be a, a new wave of people who say, okay, you can't apply for this job unless you actually bring this title with you. Yeah, it, 
kind of like a university degree. It it shows that something happened in your past and you visited the university and you learned some stuff, but it is not necessarily um, some something that guarantees the quality of your work or guarantees what is happening in your head. You can also be a skilled worker and a skilled developer and a skilled engineer even if you are you don't have a doctor title yeah totally agree so uh one thing i want to add to like tiktok i also think uh, that like thinking and testing out new stuff is part of being kind of an innovation engineer because right? this is where innovation happens so <laughs> it would be really strange if we would not test out this format of course um And the other thing is, I'm so happy that this times that you uh, need to be a manager to make more money are over because uh, I learned I don't want to be a manager. I'm so happy I can be like an engineer without any like disciplinary responsibilities. Uh, and I love my job and I love working that way. That's totally cool. On the other hand, um, I know that the European market is following the US quite often. And the trends I observed in the US in the past, and nowadays I, I can really like... Uh, see them really close up because I work for an American company is actually the opposite, that it becomes more strict, more hierarchic and um, even different. So one of the companies I worked like two, three years ago um, added a new title. It was like staff engineer. So it was a quite uncommon title uh, in, in Berlin like three, four years ago. And they only added it because like, you know, some engineer complained, wanted a more fancier title because senior was not good enough. And yeah, it's an American title. They use it, don't know what it means actually. Let's just make him staff engineer. So I can tell you the first, it was like a company with around 200 engineers. The first three staff engineers were definitely by any definition, they would not fit as a, as a staff engineer. They were normal engineers without ever having written uh, a blog article, uh, done any talk or like coached anybody. They were just good engineers, like with a lot of experience, but still only an engineer. Yeah. And what I see with um, American companies is um, their levels. So the level system. So, and now that I work for one, I was like shocked how strict this level system is. It's like, oh my God, this is insane. So there's this awesome website. If you want to know about it, there's Fang, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, who defined those levels. Wow. So normally, <laughs> yeah. So normally you had like, um, like P1, P2, P3, which is like junior engineer, intermediate, senior. And the newer levels, they start at kind of P4. That's the next level. And they go up to like 12. So, and there are like, uh, for Google, for example, there's a thing called engineer two, which is not second level, by the way, engineer two is way above already. And if you go to levels.fyi, you can check them, but there is really a job listing for engineer two or three, which requires you to be, or to have worked as an engineer two before. So you can apply as engineer two, engineer three, and they're very strict about it. So what you were an, uh, like intermediate engineer, you cannot apply for engineering two. And this goes up to like, I don't know what. So check um, the website to see it because there is like staff engineer, senior staff engineer, um, principal engineer, distinguished engineer. And if you say <laughs> distinguished engineer in an European company, like they will ask you, uh, what? Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Is this about money? Is it about responsibilities? Or why am I fighting through this, these layers of, of promotion? So what what actually does it mean to be a level five something engineer? Yeah, um, again, this is like a university degree. So um, okay, they okay. aligned on, on the system introduced by Feng and um, other companies are also like using it. For example, GitLab, the open source kind of alternative, not really open source, the alternative, free alternative to GitHub. 
Um, they have open sourced their whole like carrier pass. Okay, I and see. It's all, yeah. The levels are also in there and there's like a really big definition also from Google. You can just go to the Google carrier pass and see what makes an engineer too. And there's, okay, do t does talks, is like doing this, is coaching staff and so on. So it's defined very strictly per level. And the thing is, um, if you worked as an engineer too at another company, this is proof that you have this kind of skills. So again, uh, the things you don't want to see, again, like this kind of, oh, I need to prove in my career yeah. to like get a specific position. This is, uh, in my opinion, a trend in the US right now. I really hope it does not come that way to the uh, to Europe because I also said to them, get rid of this job listing engineer two, three. So you have so many job listings. That's insane. Just like try to hire good people and then see where they fit. And that's the thing most US companies don't yeah, do. Yeah, that's true. And even though um, it's always weird um, to... Or not weird, but uh, but but kind of uh, risky to talk about um, or talking against something that uh, Google or Facebook uh, is bringing to the market because usually they are very powerful and have a lot of influence. But um, if if a junior developer asks me or any developer asks me for one advice, um, how to become a better developer or a senior developer, um, I, I usually um, uh, refer him to the book uh, the the Clean Coder from uh, Robert Martin. Um, And uh, this book is, for, especially for me, something like a code of conduct. And I, I think Robert Martin actually uh, calls this book a code of conduct himself um, for the the behavior of a of an experienced and senior developer. And uh, back then, when I was a CTO, every developer who I hired, I bought this book and I sent it to him uh, before his first day of work. And I told him it was like a like welcome present. And uh, I really, really liked it because... Um, This was the things that I was expecting from them, not knowing Python or Java and, and everything uh, with, without making a mistake, but actually understanding what it means to be a professional developer. And um, this code of conduct, it, it describes in, in very, very interesting examples uh, the, the relationship between the client um, um, and the developer, for example, and um, how processes help you structure your work and are not um, supposed to make a word work worse. Um, and, and this kind of self-reflection, why you're doing the things you're doing and um, what's the right way of, of behave. So if, if this is one book that I can recommend anyone who watches uh, this podcast or listening to this podcast, it's um, The Clean Coder by, by Robert Martin. Yeah, absolutely. I love that book. I love books in general and I read way too much engineering books. I have even staples of books uh, I want to recommend other people. And I'm so like into books that I did at least two or three talks about books engineers should read. But the book I normally gave to um, not like people I hired, but people I coach is uh, The Lean Startup. And the reason, especially engineers, is that I want to like uh, prove the point to them. You're not paid to write code. You're yeah. paid to like grow a business. Yes. And the methods described in there, that's the things you should strive for. Like fake it until you make it. That's there's a lot of capitals in, in the book, The Lean Startup, about like uh, not build it with examples, but like just try it out differently. That's like a mentality I try to bring into engineers. Because when I ask him, how long will it take to t try this stuff? Ah, yeah, we need to change this but a new component i would say six months they're like or we just <laughs> use any simple a b testing tool and fake the javascript and just write it into any open database uh, for like five thousand customers yeah yeah it's it's always yeah. a, a matter of mindset that, that's so true 
Um, and people need to be aligned on what they are focusing on and what they are building. And the, the, it's, it's kind of a disease that people have their ego in front of themselves and uh, are working simply for their title and for their own comfort and completely ignore that there is something that they're actually building, yeah, like, like a product or a company. And so I'm, I'm totally with this. Um, it, it's all a question of mindset. There's a setting um, I use quite often to make this point uh, more clear. A senior engineer, he loves a problem, not the solution, and especially not the solution he did build. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, also like to go into what, when, when I get asked what makes a senior engineer, I normally say it's first communication skills. And you acquire them not by writing code, you acquire them by writing blog posts, teaching people. Because when you need to teach someone, you need to improve your, how you like, explain stuff you need to improve your like uh, explanation skills uh, and so on and you need a deeper understanding and this also means doing public talks that's why um, like in each company i work for um, i try to get uh, different levels of formats for doing presentations like within a team because you know a lot of engineers uh, especially younger ones um, are inexperienced they are shy they don't want to get onto a stage um, so you need a low level entry uh, barrier for them where they just like explain stuff before five people. That's what I do with my current team, for example, um, doing internal talks, even if we have uh, each second week with the whole company, kind of a 90 minutes of tech and architecture where we do internal talks about like what's new in view, how this tale would work whatsoever, and also sponsoring, um, going to conferences, do talks there, because this is different things. And I also remember the first time I was on a real stage. So I did already do a lot of talks internally for my team and so on because I always liked talking but the first time I went on a stage and all the lights were shining on me everything was kind of black and I was blinded by the light because my my glasses were kind of dirty <laughs> uh, and it was really a reflection on there and I was like oh my gosh what am I doing here on the stage I feel felt so lonely actually up there yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's a feeling you need to actually um like learn how to deal with standing uh, in front of others and talking. Right, right. Uh, I mean, of course, it's it's not for everyone. There are there are good developers who simply do not enjoy doing this, and they they don't want to. Yeah, and you can't make them. Um, but I'm totally with you that one of the most important skills of everyone who tries to become like um, a, a leader in his field, not not a manager, but a leader in his field. Uh, needs to go through this this path of teaching someone because um, you you can't you can only um, improve so far on on what you're producing and at, at some point of time you need to make the switch of um, actually um, t teaching someone your your skills and this is like a evolutionary step in your self development yeah. But I would say it's impossible, for example, let's take again the American levels, becoming a staff engineer, where responsible for like strategic planning of different components, it's impossible without good presentation skills. Yeah. So anybody who does not want to do talks, in my opinion, he cannot become a staff engineer because like doing talks in front of management, understanding like business and doing a lot of presentations and great doing good ones actually, also in front of maybe customers, stakeholders whatsoever, That's a required skill for a staff engineer. So there's yeah. only so much up in the in the hierarchy or like in the skill sets you can go without doing talks yeah. or presentations. And, and, and the, the presentations are only one aspect. Usually if, if you see someone and he gives a very, very bad presentation, 
it's it's often not because he's too nervous or uncomfortable, but because he's unstructured and he he has not the ability of formulating what he's thinking and trying to transport this information from his head to another person's head. And so it's not necessarily this the skill of standing on on a stage, but if you sit next to him and you ask him about um tell me about the problem that you're working with or uh, show me how you structure your solution and he's not able to actually uh, explain to you what he's doing then this is exactly the skill that 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 he's missing um structuring his thoughts um uh, creating a kind of presentation of uh, his his way of thinking and motivate you to um understand the way that he tries to solve this problem and this is exactly what you're what you're practicing when you create your slide deck in PowerPoint. There's only need to be PowerPoint. But there are so many so bad presentations and this has nothing to do with your ability to speak on the stage. It's, it's the way you structure your information, the way that you know people will um, absorb the things that you throw to them. And if you simply copy and paste, um, I don't know, the, the documentation into bullet points on your slides and, and you expect people to learn from that then there's your first problem and this is exactly what you need to train and, and uh, to practice yeah if i'm going to ever write a blog post about what makes a senior engineer i will quote exactly what you just said because <laughs> it's totally on point okay i think it's time to wrap up right oh uh, sure If you have nano other cool topics we could talk about, like being a senior engineer, then let's wrap up. Yeah, <laughs> that's I want, that's a mean I challenge. To, I have so much, I have so much more to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I still want you to be senior innovation engineer. I'm waiting until you get the senior title. You know what? This would be the next step in your career. But that's that's so funny because I expect the moment that I go to my superior and say, "Ah, I, I think I want to be a senior innovation engineer," they know I'm going to uh, to quit my job in three months, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm preparing mm -hmm. my CV for my next employer. <laughs> yeah, the funniest thing is for the last two employments I had, I did not choose any title. I just like became, they both choose like principal engineer. So I just like, I don't care. They asked me, hey, what title? I don't care. Then they just wrote principal engineer in my, my uh, job contract. Yeah. That's how I actually became principal engineer. Twice already. <laughs> By force. You have no choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't care. I said, that's the money I want. That's uh, the, the, the stuff I want to work on. And that's it for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, so everyone uh, who's listening, thank you so much for joining us. And um, I would be so interested in, in uh, learning what you think about this uh, idea of job titles, senior engineer, principal engineer, and maybe even um, your own personal experience um, of uh, climbing this ladder and decorating yourself with, with titles. Um, so uh, please leave us a comment. Um, and if you have other topics um, that you want to have us discussed in this podcast, also leave us a comment. Vashi, anything else to add? Yes, obviously. Uh, next week on the same spot, we will talk about uh, the hottest topic right now. Uh, that's obviously um, self-organizing teams and if they are killing your business. Okay. So see you again <laughs> next time. I have time. so much to say about this topic. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. I just want to start talking about right. it right exactly, now. Exactly, exactly. Okay, yeah, then uh, thank you very much and have a nice afternoon. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks so much for listening to the Innovation Engineer podcast. If you take any value from our content, please make sure to rate us wherever you're listening right now. All articles, products, and references we discussed in this episode will be linked in the show notes. Some of the links we provide are affiliate links that generate a small commission for us without costing you extra. Any support is highly appreciated and helps us keep this podcast alive. Visit theinnovationengineer.com to find more content about software engineering, innovation, and the hottest trends in tech today. Stay awesome.